Well, guys, uh, even though there are 75 to 80 men up north at the men's advance, we're going to still keep uh, plugging along on our series on churchy words. And uh, if you remember last week, we started looking at a new... So, oh, yeah, if you need a Bible, please uh, raise your hand. If you need a pen, hold up a couple fingers, and ushers will get that to you. But we started looking at um, a new set of verses found in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And so why don't you turn there right now, if you get your Bible, to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And this, you know, I, many of you guys probably had this too, but I grew up in a, and my mom and dad were missionaries, I grew up in a mission school, and we, you know, were, we had to memorize this verse as a little kid. And the reason why is because this verse, you know, taught people that you can't earn salvation. So, um, you know, a lot of people think that if I do enough good things, if I, you know, pay enough money or if I do enough, you know, great stuff, that I, I am going to, you know, earn my salvation. Well, this verse clearly teaches against that, and so we, we had to memorize that. And, and this is the verse we talked about last week, but why don't we all read it out loud together, okay? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. See that there? Not by works so that no one can boast. In other words, no one's going to be, you know, up in heaven one day, sitting around in a circle going, dude, the reason why I had salvation is because I helped 10 ladies across the street. I gave like 500000 to the to some, you know, charity. I did this, I did that, and that's why I'm here. Nobody's going to be doing that because it is not by works. It is by the grace of God. It is a gift from God. Well, last week, we began unpacking that word grace, for it is by grace that you have been saved. And we came up for a de- with a definition for grace. Does anybody remember it? Good. Anybody willing to try to quote it, say it? Very good. It is God's power working in us to accomplish what we could never do on our own. Excellent. That's what grace is, okay? Simply put, it's power, and it's God's power, and it's working in us to do things that we could not even come close to do on our own. It's a little bit like electricity with this power tool, okay? Um, Right here is a drill, okay? And I think a lot of humans, if we could just kind of make this analogy, we're, we're living life like this, okay? This, this drill had a purpose. It was created to drill through things. And so just like, you know, we humans, we were created to be plugged into the grace of God. We were created to do amazing things by the power of God working in us. But unfortunately, we're not plugged into that grace. And so we sit here like this drill, unplugged, and we go like, well... I don't know what to do. You know, I can try to drill, but nothing happens. Um, I'm just a drill born to make mistakes. I can't do anything. I can try to hammer things. I can use it to comb hair. I can do all this sort of stuff, but I can't do what I was created to do. And it's just not possible because I'm only a drill. No, actually, the reality is, is you're being a sub-drill by saying that because that's not what a drill was created for because this drill was created to be plugged in to a power source. And when this drill is plugged into a power source, it suddenly is able to do the very thing that it was created to. Now, 
This drill could never do it on its own. It has to have electricity flowing through it. But when electricity flows through it, it's able to do things that it could never do on its own. And the same with us. We as human beings, we live subhuman lives because we're not plugged into God's grace. But when God's grace flows through us, we suddenly can live out truly human lives the way we were created to and intended to in the beginning. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's really what grace is. Grace is supernatural, meaning that it's God's work, not us, okay? It's his grace doing this mighty supernatural work. And as I said, you know, we're gonna be looking at the churchy word of salvation today or the phrase being saved, and we're gonna try to unpack what that means, but in doing so, we're hopefully gonna be unpacking the word grace even more because those two are tied in together beautifully. Okay, they, they, they need each other. Now, if you remember last week, I mentioned that for so many Christians, the word grace, the definition that they would apply it to simply had to do with God's forgiveness. Okay? When God forgave us our sin, he offered us grace. That's how we picture it. And that's the definition of grace for so many Christians. Okay? And last week, I tried to debunk that kind of thinking because that isn't true. Yes, forgiveness is a grace, but it doesn't completely define what grace is all, all, what it all is in all of its forms. I mean, it's so much more. It's like me saying, I said this last week, it's like me saying, the human body is a fingernail. And you would look at me and go, ah, no. I mean, the fingernail is part of the human body, but it certainly doesn't define the whole human body. Okay. Well, that's the same way when it comes to grace. Hopefully that makes sense. The grace of God is unsearchable. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And and hopefully you'll see even more of that today. But first, let's start out by trying to define salvation. Okay? What does it mean when when that verse says being saved? Okay? Like in the verse four, by grace you have been saved. What does it mean to be saved? So take out your pens and your pencils and I, or your phones or whatever, and I want you to write out a definition for the word saved or salvation. I'll give you a few seconds. At least look down like you're doing something. <laughs> we just keep staring. All right. Well, let me show you how the majority of Christians across the world would answer this question. For the vast majority of Christians, the term being saved means that you are going where when you die? Heaven. It means going to heaven when you die. We use that term like crazy in all of our Christian circles. Hey, Billy, when did you get saved? We'll ask that question. You know, how old were you when you got saved? Are you saved? Do you remember the day you got saved? Tom got saved last year. We'll say, I went on a mission trip last week and 30 people got saved, okay? You see what I mean? We use that phrase all over the place. And what we mean by that term is that that person got rescued from hell. He or she gets to go to heaven now when they die. They are saved from the eternal punishment of the lake of fire. They're saved, okay? To be saved means you're going to heaven. And when someone dies, we'll typically ask the question, well, were they saved? And all we're really asking there is, where are they? Are they in heaven or are they in hell? And that's what the word salvation has become. Now, think about that. 
If that's your definition for the word saved, then of course it would make sense that grace is simply about forgiveness of sin then. Because think about it. For it is by grace you have been saved. A lot of people having these definitions will look at that verse and this is how they were translated. They'll say this. Because God has forgiven you all your sin, you get to go to heaven when you die. You see what I mean? I mean, that is what we're told, isn't it? Sin separates us from God. God can't be around the presence of sin. God is a holy God, and our sin keeps us separated. And the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I mean, the reality is we're toast. We really don't have any hope, and that's why we need God's forgiveness. So when Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, God was then able to forgive us our sin. Our sin is wiped away. It's forgotten. It's put as far as the east is from the west. It's paid for. It's done away with. And we are forgiven. We're now able to stand before a holy God because our sin problem has been taken care of. Therefore, we are saved. We get to go to heaven when we die. Does that make sense? So if that's your line of thinking, then of course, grace is all about forgiveness. And being saved is all about going to heaven when we die. And that, for the majority of Christians across the world, is their thinking. And so if that's what the majority of Christians around the world think like, then that would mean that there are several several of us in this room who think like that. And so that being said, I want, to be, I want to very carefully and very gently and very respectfully try to lead you to a different way of thinking through this whole idea of salvation. And for many of us, this might shake our boots a little bit, so be prepared for that. It might not. But what I would ask you to do is to simply be teachable and to allow the Holy Spirit to just you know, speak to you and to teach you. He might nudge you a bit to try to tweak how you think about this. Because in my opinion, this is, this is a pretty big deal. Now, to help us rethink this whole thing, let's start by looking at the definition of the word salvation, okay? And I'm actually gonna give you two definitions this morning because I think it kind of helps us better define it. But the first definition I wanna give you is the basic biblical definition. And the basic biblical definition of salvation is this. It's deliverance, okay? It's deliverance. Now, the question then is, well, deliverance from what? Well, many would say, well, that's deliverance from hell. We are being saved from hell, and we get to go to heaven when we die. And while that might be the outcome of salvation, let me just say today that salvation is so much more than that, okay? Let me show you. I'm gonna read you a verse, and I want you to kind of look through this verse as we're reading it, and we're gonna try to unpack and try to see what really um, salvation offers us. What does it deliver us from? Let me read the verse to you. 1 John chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now, let's unpack that, and let me start by asking you some questions. Look at that verse and tell me, how do you know if someone is of the devil? They are what? They are sinful, okay? And why do you know they're of the devil? Because they're sinful? Look at the verse. Because the devil has what? 
He's been sinning from the beginning. That's what the devil does. He sins, and he's been sinning since the beginning. So tell me, what is the devil's work? Sin. Okay, now tell me, what was the reason that Jesus came for? To destroy the what? The devil's work. So basically put, Jesus appeared to destroy what? Sin. Let's put that together. The devil's work is sin. Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. Therefore, Jesus came to destroy sin. So Jesus came to deliver us from what? Sin. And not just the consequences of sin, but sin itself. Salvation is deliverance from sin. I mean, take a look at the very next verse. Verse nine, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Guys, salvation is deliverance from sin. The salvation that we are being offered by Jesus Christ is to be delivered from a life of sin in this present life. It's not just deliverance from hell in the future. No, it's deliverance from sin right now. Now, I share this because people tend to look at salvation as an event. A moment in time where someone finally made the cut. They got their ticket to heaven. They're no longer going to hell and they can cash in their salvation ticket when they get to heaven. But that isn't a biblical definition for heaven. To be saved means to be saved from sin. Not just the consequences of sin, but sin itself right now in our everyday life. In other words, salvation, think about this, is a life. It's a life to be lived out right now in the present. We can be living a life of salvation right now. A life where we're being delivered from sin. Now, some of us hear that, and instantly, naturally, what goes off in our mind is, <laughs> Sorry, Luke, that sounds nice, but I'm sorry, that, that, that can't be true. That just isn't possible. There is no way that we can live out a life of salvation in this life. There's no way. And if you think like that, man, trust me, I understand. I get it. But I would challenge you to maybe change your paradigm in that. Because according to the word of God, it is apparent that yes, it is possible. And how is it possible, looking at our verse today? By grace, exactly. By God's power working in us, we can be delivered from sin. Yeah, you may not be able to do it on your own. In fact, I know you can't. It is humanly impossible. But that's why God offers you his grace. For by grace, you have been saved. And this, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. God's grace delivers us from sin and helps us to live out a holy and righteous life. Only by his grace is it possible. Let me show you a powerful verse in Titus. Titus chapter two, verse 11 and 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Think about that phrase. The grace of God that brings salvation. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. 
Let's kind of unpack that. For the grace of God, the power of God that works in us, it brings salvation, okay? It brings deliverance from sin. This grace delivers us from sin. And how does it do it? Look at it. What does it do? It teaches us. Isn't that cool? Grace is a teacher. It teaches us, I love that, it teaches us to say no. In other words, we don't have to keep saying yes to sin like it's our slave master anymore. It teaches us to say no. And it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. So here's what this verse is saying. If you struggle with anger, by God's grace, you can experience salvation from that. If you experience greed and selfishness in your life, by God's grace, you can experience salvation from that. If you experience lust or whatever it is that you might struggle sinning against God, God's grace being offered to you can give you a life of salvation where you're delivered from that, amen? It teaches us how to do that. And not only that, it teaches us to live self-controlled, upright, and what kind of lives? Godly, I love that. What does godly mean? Who does it look like? It looks like God. We look like Jesus. It is a godly kind of life. And, and when can we live these kind of lives? Look at the verse. Right now. We don't have to wait for heaven for this. It is right now in this present age. The grace of God that brings salvation. It's grace that provides us with salvation. Do you see that? Let that sink in. Let that sink in. And as I said, the beauty of this is it's available right now. We don't have to wait for salvation in heaven. We can experience salvation right now. And you know, many people don't know that. Many people have no clue that it's available to them right now. Many Christians walk in this life not realizing that salvation is available to them through the grace of God to live out right now. How many of us live our lives with with? wishing that we had something available to us like that. Well, God's word says we have it. It's like anything, you know, I, I was just, uh, this was about, I don't know, eight, nine months ago. I was, our cell phones are amazing. I don't know if you guys know this, but you can do more than just call and text on them. It's, it's incredible. Uh, I was asking somebody in my household, like, you know, what's the weather gonna be like tomorrow? And without picking up his phone, my son goes, hey, Siri. Yes? What's the weather tomorrow? Well, it'll be 69 degrees with slightly cloudy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's awesome. Can my phone do that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I wish I'd have known that. I could be driving along and I can say, hey, Siri, and I can ask any question. I don't know if you guys know that, but there's a little tip for free. You can do that. <laughs> Salvation is available to us now. I don't know if you knew that, but it's available to us now through what? God's grace. We can live that out right now. Now, I told you I was gonna give you a second definition for salvation. Before I do that, I wanna explain some things first so it makes sense. And I know, guys, this has been a real teaching kind of sermon, so it's kind of hard to hang on to it, but I need you to, to stay with me. Try to hang on to this. If grace brings salvation, 
and salvation means deliverance from sin, then apparently grace makes it possible for us to live a righteous, godly life right here, right now, just like Titus tells us. Grace makes that possible. Now tell me, second service, who is the agent of that grace? Say it loud so I can hear you. The Holy Spirit, exactly. The Holy Spirit is the conduit of God's power in our lives, okay? The Holy Spirit who is dwelling in us is the agent of God's grace in our lives. He's the one who's enacting this grace in its different forms in our lives. So technically, hang with me here, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is working with us to live out these righteous, holy lives. And that, basically put, is salvation. So here's my second definition of salvation. Salvation is participating with Jesus in the kind of life that he lives. Read through that. Let that sink in. Get that so that your, your head can, that can sink into your head. Jesus wants to rescue us from our kind of life so that we can live his kind of life. And that life is a life of salvation, a life of deliverance. Salvation is participating with Jesus. We're participating with him. He is our rabbi. We are his disciples. We're doing life with him, and he's doing life with us. He's in us, and we are in him. We're doing life together. And this life that we're participating with him in is simply put, his life. And as we all know, his life is a supernatural kind of life. Yeah, it's a life where he's delivering us from sin, but it's also so much more. It's a life of power. It's a life of peace. It's a life of joy. It's a life of love. It's a life of gentleness and goodness and long-suffering and kindness and on and on it goes. That is the life that we are participating with him in. And maybe you're seeing this already, but really it's the eternal life that we talked about in John 3.16. It's an eternal kind of life. It's a life of an interactive relationship with Jesus, a life of knowing him and him knowing us. And because we're experiencing his life in us, we then start to look more and more like him. We take on his mannerism, mannerisms. We take on his speech. We take on his lifestyle. And we more and more live out lives of love. More and more we look like Jesus. More and more we are godly because we're participating in his kind of life. We're taking on his kind of life. And that second service is salvation. It's what it is. It's a life. Now, if we can, let's put all these together. All these definitions we've talked about thus so far and see if it makes sense. And I really need you to focus, to zero in here, really try to take this in. Definitions are on the screen behind me. I'm gonna try to put them all together. So guys, if we believe in Jesus, which means to act as if he were right about everything, another way to put that is if we obey him, if we believe in Jesus, we will not perish, but we will have what? Eternal life, okay? And what is eternal life? Well, we will know him, and he will know us in an interactive relationship. And as we grow in this relationship, by God's grace, his power working in us to accomplish what we could never do on our own, 
as we grow in this grace, we will begin to experience salvation. A life where we participate with Jesus in the kind of life he lives. A life of deliverance of sin. Deliverance from evil. Deliverance from the darkness of this world. A truly human kind of life. The life that we humans were created for in the first place. Is this starting to make sense for us? I hope so because this all fits together beautifully when we take the time to unpack it. And hopefully we're starting to understand this better. Well, next week, we're going to add another piece to it. Another churchy word in Ephesians chapter 2, 8, and 9. Let's put the next slide up there. Guess what that word is? Faith, exactly. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith is another churchy word that gets thrown around. But what is it? How do we have faith? What, what, are we, you know, what are we talking about here? Well, next week, we're going to try to unpack that and blend all four or five of those definitions together, and hopefully it'll make more and more sense for us. Amen? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for everyone who is here. And God, it is my desire that every one of us might experience a life of salvation, a life of deliverance from sin. And God, I know, because I, I've struggled with this so much in my life, it's, it's hard to believe that this is even a reality. Is it really true that we can live out a life, you know, where we don't have to sin anymore? And Jesus, your word says it is, by your grace. And so God, I pray that we would stop trying to do things our way, that we might get plugged in to your grace, and we might live out these supernatural, eternal kind of lives, a life of salvation. I pray that for every single one of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Guys, love you so very, very, very much. Have an awesome, awesome week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Take care.